0: Welcome to the Crick the podcast everybody. Thank you for joining us today we'll be talking about Pakistan cricket and I'm your host Jay
1: And this is Rufan. Uh, me and Jay we're longtime friends. we've known each other for 23 years and this is really a byproduct of our long-winded conversation over the years, and we've had these deep discussions, and we always wish we had recorded those, not because they were very profound in nature, but just because we wanted to have other parties join in and give their opinion. We're big cricket fans uh, reporting from United States. We've been here over 24 years, and we thought it was a uh, a uh, great initiative to put something in recording, get everybody's opinion on it, and hopefully make something big out of this. So, so we ask you guys to go ahead and like and support our podcast. It would be a better date to to start after a momentous occasion, right? But but that's not the reality. We have a big elephant to address, and which is uh, New Zealand leaving Pakistan based on a threat that is still not disclosed what it was. Jay, what are your initial thoughts when you heard the news?
0: I'm 100% with you, man. I, I wish uh, our first episode could have started with Pakistan has won the T20 World Cup. But unfortunately, the way things go, in, yeah, <laughs> exactly. The way things go in cricket, every day there's a new kind of weird news coming out of Pakistan or some other part of the world. So, my first reaction to the New Zealand team pulling out, and I use that word. Intentionally, because it it feels like pulling out. It doesn't feel like the threat was so credible and so evident that they would share it with everyone. They didn't share what the threat was. So that makes me think that perhaps a conversation or some additional support systems that that could have been put in place could have allowed the games to go on, and unfortunately, it sounds like none of that happened, and it it just sounded really hasty uh, at the very last minute to have to pull pull the game out. I'm just crushed, man, heartbroken. I, I I was hoping for this game to go on. New Zealand hadn't been in the country over 10 years, and it was really going to be a big event for both Pakistan. And World Cricket, you, you you were about to have one of the bigger players that had been absent in the home game arena to come back and offer something special. Uh, Pakistan crowd, Pakistan environment is something really unique and special. And unfortunately, this hasty decision is going to rob and has robbed the audience of, of a great show.
1: Yeah, feeling was mutual here, man. It was a renewed emotional distress that we had back in 2009, And I'm going to be honest, man, I was a bit ignorant and I I wasn't even thinking about any threats. Uh, And I remember a few years back when Zimbabwe came back home in Lahore and uh, I was I was looking at the crowd. I was paying close attention. I was scared, man. What if something happens and cricket, you know, slips away from Pakistan again? But this time, man, this is a different Pakistan. I, I, I was very comfortable. I was just looking forward to the toss and uh, get the series going. I did not expect uh, this. This was completely unexpected. I, I completely agree. We need more explanation to what happened, right? So, so to recap what went down, they were in Pakistan, right? They were practicing for five days. And this is when the security levels are much lower than what it would have been on the day of the match, right? right. So you got the crowd. you got the stadium you got people uh, coming in randomly because i've been to a practice match in pakistan right there's not a great amount of police stopping you
0: oftentimes there are fans that could take pictures and stuff with the right. athletes
1: right so so they're co- totally comfortable with that they're playing for 5 days toss happens right and there's a great threat so let's let's just establish that the severity of the threat was was high right it the had way to they be. pulled out it wasn't five of our guys have explosive diarrhea or something like that, right? And they don't, right. don't want to turn colors of their trousers on live TV because they're black Kiwis, not yellow. It's, yeah. not, it's, it's, it's beyond. So it's, it's a great threat that you have to pull everybody out. So let's talk about the threat. You had your team investigate the security of Pakistan, right? And this is not just police officers standing there. Do you have ISI? You have army involved, you have government involved, you have private security agencies there. And I think police, there were like 4,000 bodies there on the day of the match, right? So you got presidential treatment and cricket is not even the biggest sport in your country. And each player is getting that type of treatment, right? So you leave, right? You, suddenly you decide that there's a threat. Talking about threat, threat, no one ever guaranteed there won't be any threat. It was how we tackled the threat is what we're, we made monumental progress in security. So threats are going to be there. So it's got to be a great threat, like a meteor that is visible coming <laughs> down, that you had to pull out that mm. that quick, right? It, 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 it could have been discussed. You could have pulled your team aside, go back to the hotel room. Yeah, you could have delayed the match for a bit. Right. And talk about it, what happened. No. Okay, they leave rude right Le- to say the least
0: right but to say the least.
1: left we get it these are your citizens you want to protect them first okay so what's the threat we can't disclose that really we we are sitting ducks here now <laughs> right. as, as hosts we're taking care of you providing you with great hospitality and security you're just going to tell us now we're going to die here what is going on are you not going to share the threat with us and let us know so we can protect ourselves so there's definitely something not right, man. Some political pull or whatever it is. And I reserve the right, you know, to change my opinion. But give me a good explanation and we, we will discuss it, you know. But as it stands, none of this makes sense. And it's, it's very sad to, to the crowd, to the supporting staff, man. There were companies dedicated to Cricket of Pakistan that, that went bankrupt and out of business back in 2009. Some of them probably moved on. Some people came back and they were excited. They started something new just to serve the Pakistani cricket and the staff. Where do they go now? They're, they're people who were you know flying overseas from overseas to to attend this match. There's no response and there's no compensation. Nothing, and it's it's, it's just very ignorant in, in in my opinion.
0: Yeah, well, not no compensation yet. Let's see let's see where that goes, and and we'll discuss in a moment what we think might be the way forward. I also feel, just to double down on on the point you're making, the nature of this threat, whatever the threat may be, it is understandable that if there is a threat that you want to protect your citizens as soon as possible, every moment is precious and you don't want to just wait around and undermine its significance. So I I can understand that but it had to be a threat then of the nature where you know the government is toppled there's a revolution starting or something you know something like that if if that's happening and the country is starting to get into you know some sort of chaos is breaking out then it's understandable that you had to get your people out as soon as possible. But the embassy is still there. There are still other New Zealand citizens that are in Pakistan. There are some uh, New Zealand citizens that are part of the Pakistani coaching staff. Uh, I think there's a gentleman who trains the coaches in the, in the National Academy in Pakistan. So he's he's a New Zealander. So, you know, there are other citizens involved. So really, they just took the team quickly out and it just didn't make sense. And then not describing this, this threat is really very difficult to comprehend and to give any credit to New Zealand. I really always respected New Zealand and, and felt like they were one of those nations that always had a positive message of tolerance and unity and the unification of humanity and the way they dealt with some of their int- internal terrorist attacks. Uh, was commendable. But then this kind of situation just seems so uncalled for. And I'm wondering how much of this has to do with the evolving situation in Afghanistan. And if that's the case, if that were a factor, even then it just requires a dialogue between the security agencies and the security agencies that New Zealand works with apparently is a, I I read a little bit more about it and, and heard some retired Pakistani cricketers talk on YouTube about this. They were saying that there's a five-member security team that always evaluates these venues. Australia, the United States, the UK, uh, New Zealand is one of them, I believe. And then there's one other English-speaking country I'm forgetting the name of at the moment, but it's these five countries that kind of assess the security situation in the country and they then make a judgement about how things are and whether or not it's safe to go apparently initially those that team said it was good good enough and and new zealanders came and they stayed and practiced for a while and apparently the government then sent an urgent message for the team to return because they had increased uh, the security rating of pakistan in, in a way that requires the team to return. So it's really, it seems complicated. So to me, it does seem like there's something that's going on in the region that increased the, the risk in the region overall, and maybe Pakistan ended up paying the price for that. Either way, I'm just guessing right now because... And we have to guess because they left us no choice. I mean, you know, when you leave a gap in information, people are going to fill in the gap with lots of rumors, lots of hypotheses. And that's all we can do because we have incomplete information. So I'm looking forward to the days to come when we hear a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's already 24 hours too late. To, to, yeah. to provide an explanation because it's going to be fabricated by this time. And that's what we're going to think. Really, it took them time to come up with a good excuse. Like <laughs> you said, there's five English-speaking nations, right, that look into the security that cleared it. Uh, it it's a process. If, if they went through the same process that they did five days ago, whenever they did it, the last assessment, it doesn't happen in five minutes. You sure. stop the play then you reanalyze and it takes at least a few hours to determine if the threat is that great that we need to pull out a whole team. And and like you said, man, very ironic to expect something from New Zealand's progressive government, you know? Yeah. And, and it's not fair to the people of New Zealand because not everybody's involved. Whatever happened, yeah. Uh, initially, the New Zealand cricket said it was a government's decision. Right. But the prime minister of New Zealand said, we support New Zealand's cricket's decision. So they didn't, they weren't <laughs> the paid. No. Nope. So they left us nothing with controversial thoughts and we're going to point fingers. People are going to be blamed. And uh, uh, the best thing they could have done is provide an explanation within hours on the same day, at least.
0: Right. Right. And that didn't happen. Now that leaves opportunity for conspiracy theories and all kinds of stuff. So it's really a poorly managed and poorly handled situation uh, to not involve the primary country that is providing you the security that you are requiring to not explain to those authorities what threats are um, on the horizon, or or whatever you believe is, is really very. I don't. To me, it feels very irresponsible. And I wonder, you know, to take the conversation forward from this. I wonder if this would have happened if Pakistan was in New Zealand or somewhere else. Like, what what would have happened, or what would have been expected if the Pakistani team or the Bangladeshi team or the West Indies were in. New Zealand and something occurred in New Zealand that was a threat. What would have happened?
1: Uh, nothing would have happened. That's <laughs> already happened in Christchurch, right? Because we have already assessed the security. Threats come and go, right? But the right. vicinity of where you're playing, how strong the security is around it, it's already been confirmed, is, is, is safe, so you, you um, move on, depending on what type of situation or threat it is, whether it's at the stadium nearby or, or take the example of Christchurch, right? It happened in a mosque. You can probably call off the match in respect of the people who died, right? right. That's different story. But the security threat was never, never a concern because even a third world country like Bangladesh or Pakistan had a team with great expertise to assess the situation there. Right, and they already cleared it, so they were not scared, and and New Zealand didn't really respond to the security levels of uh, any sports that was going on uh, during that week. It wasn't a concern.
0: In fact, Bangladesh was there. That's why I brought up Bangladesh. Um, they were in the
1: mosque. Yeah, <laughs> they were they, praying.
0: <laughs> they were in the mosque within a kilometer of where that incident took place. So they they yeah they were praying, and and they returned, and their cricket board did not. You know, fly them back immediately as if all of New Zealand was crumbling down. Uh, Here, though, the response is completely different. I mean, it's, you know, in a way you could say that Board of Cricket in, in Bangladesh, they trusted the New Zealand authorities to be able to provide the protection they promised to their athletes. And in essence, here, Pakistan has made the same promise. They have made the promise to New Zealand that your team will be provided the best possible security in the world that we provide to every single head of state that ever visits. And New Zealand did not trust that. You demonstrated that you have zero trust in a member nation, an ICC member nation's ability to provide and secure cricket games, which is embarrassing.
1: It is. And and, and not to mention, this is a country that's dealt with a lot of terrorist attacks, right? So, so Naturally, the security evolves around it. So our security is probably 100 times better than what New Zealand has because they right. haven't experienced <laughs> any of that. So to judge, you know, a government or security efforts based on you're just a third world country is just ridiculous to me. I think it would have been a better outcome to just set aside, you know, take your team back to the hotel and have a briefing on it. And, and if, there's a, if they're going back, just explain it to us, right? What's going on? And, and if the threat is so great that it can't be discussed, fine. Just, just tell us in time. We will release details. But at the moment, New Zealand playing Pakistan was a greater threat. So calling the match off took the threat away. There has to be some time set aside and there's an explanation. You, have, you talk, to, talk to PCB at least, right? There's, there's professionals on the ground. There's, there's umpires. There are commentators from New Zealand who have no idea what happened. And then you pull your team out only. They're, they're sitting ducks too. They want to know what's going on. Uh, I think the only thing that could have been done is just delay the match or, or call off the first one, uh, one day, explain the situation, and then move forward. So I agree with you. At least.
0: I think they did have a few options. You know, one of the options is what we've already discussed, which is what you just restated to delay the other option is to they could have canceled the game and another option could have been if if the security threat you know once they had created and started a dialogue about the security threat and what needs to be done for them to feel that that threat will be neutralized and the game could go on they could have also uh, moved the game to another venue i know that takes a lot of effort probably but uh, these games were to be already played in multiple venues it was a long long series of several ODIs and T20s. So there were other available venues, arguably, that the game could have been shifted to if they were to be deemed more secure. But once again, that requires a dialogue, a conversation uh, that seems to not have been done. But the point I'm trying to make is if people in New Zealand really wanted this to work out, if they really had best of intentions, they could have figured out a solution. Uh, but unfortunately to me, it feels like they made up their mind so quickly and did not care uh, about any of the consequences uh, that this decision of theirs brings both on this tournament, this particular series, but also just cricket in Pakistan overall.
1: That is true. And 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 that's it's a privilege on top of that to be New Zealand, to call off something like that. There are so many consequences that Pakistan called something off what happens? Is it a forfeit? Do you lose points? Are you going to uh, get fired from the team itself if you pull a move like that, right? Even if it's PCB, you have to come back and deal with your government. But they were not concerned about any of that. So they had that much power, they, they could have just called off and, and moved on and they did it with no consequences. It's, it's insanity.
0: It's slightly related to this. It might have something to do with this whole situation. But did you hear about the DRS controversy in Pakistan that they didn't have the DRS system available?
1: I heard about that, but I didn't know there were some uh, legal cricket rules associated with that. So some of the terms don't apply if you don't have that. Uh, I wasn't aware of that. So I didn't know how important it was.
0: Yeah. So they, they kind of downgraded this series so that it wouldn't count toward the rankings. Wow. And so basically this became like a bilateral series with no consequence toward your ranking. And
1: like, yeah,
0: maybe this, you know, there should be some kind of consequence for abandoning a series like this. But since this series was already downgraded, I, there's they probably can't even do that to kind of make a statement to New Zealand about you know not doing things like this in the future again so to me I don't I don't know what the natural consequences but I was wondering if this was really like if did New Zealand feel like they could just quickly drop this series because it doesn't have a consequence anyway it doesn't matter you know even if they played the series they wouldn't get anything out of it so I wonder if they that impacted the how quickly they made that that decision.
1: I mean, it's a it's, it was a great threat, right? So either way, it, it would have, have to be I don't think they're concerned about ICC, they have bigger problems to deal with uh, political issues, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think points are irrelevant at this time, and rankings are irrelevant. Uh, uh, there's a lot of unhappy people, parties, and they have to deal with that. So Jay, what do you think? What's what's what are the next steps? What should Pakistan do and how is it going to impact Pakistan cricket at home going forward?
0: Yeah, I feel it's bad news, clearly. Because it sounds like England may also reconsider their series that, that was supposed to come after this New Zealand series. So yeah. now we have an, have an issue there. and And once again that five member four member team that decides the security or assesses the security in a country that includes England and, and and New Zealand and Australia and whatnot and it's the same people that are going to be deciding why would they decide anything different for England team right like they it's probably going to be the same decision and in fact i mean i would think now they would be even more cautious about approving the security To begin with, to begin with, right? They they now they're not gonna want to send Team England and then call them back. It's the same as yeah, because there's too much backlash. So I think they'll be even more conservative in giving the green light for Team England. So clearly, Pakistan is gonna end up having, in I I feel, a long stretch of very limited cricketing activity and. That's not good, especially leading into the World Cup. These twenty T20s especially were going to be really crucial for them because they were finally getting to play teams of a higher caliber. Pakistan hasn't played strong opposition in a long time. I, I just feel like the wins that we've gotten in the past year and a half have really been inconsequential. They really have, are not significant in my book. I don't feel like there's much to be proud of there because of the, the kind of opposition we played, you know. So these teams were finally going to be decent teams, decent oppositions. And so I think it hurts uh, and harms Pakistan a little bit, but on the good side, T20 World Cup is happening in Dubai where Pakistan tends to perform really well. So that should still go well. What do you think?
1: I think uh, a slight disagreement on who we played, because if you look at it, what we are unpredictable, right? What we have, we don't get to play cricket at home. Uh, Let's look at the World Cup, right? The last one in England, you Mm -hmm. had two teams that made it to the finals, England and New Zealand. They both lost one match each to Pakistan. So (laughs) on a good day, doesn't matter how big the team is, uh, and doesn't matter what capabilities we have. We, we are a competition to them, man. And that's, that's why once you make it to the quarterfinal stage, however we do it, we rely on other teams to lose. Or It's always controversial the way we move up the ranks on any champions trophy, whether it be World Cup. We make it. Once you're there, they get stronger and stronger. So it, it always comes down to how we deal with pressure. And if we're winning, we take the momentum into semifinals, final. And it's, it's usually a win for us, especially in England, right? We always perform well there. Uh, I think the, the way we respond to this short term is go all out, man. T20, just just perform. And I think they, they need to shift their anger towards performance. That's the only short term solution we have at the time. And then we can, you know, regather and, and come up with a strategy, and how to deal with situations like that in the future. But I do agree. I I don't see Pakistan hosting a team with such caliber, the big three, in any time soon, yeah. not this year or next year.
0: Yeah, I also. I don't, I don't mean to suggest that Pakistan doesn't have a chance winning the World Cup. Absolutely, I think they do. Yeah, I think they are a very good T20 side. I don't think they're a very good 50-over side or a test side, but I do think yeah. Pakistan yeah. is a very good T20 side. And the world recognizes that. My concern was simply what i was trying to state is that you know leading up if you do get to play new zealand and england you might prepare a little bit better to face them again in the world cup you know when it matters a lot so it could have been a nice thing to have so cool. i think from, yeah a little exposure a little you know get to know the players a little bit having been on the field with them it's a little bit a bit of an advantage if you've had a recent game with them so Pakistan won't have that but that does not mean at all that Pakistan won't do well I think they have they have a very good chance um, and they should not be uh, written off at all you um, shared something about you know the team now having to play and just taking all this energy and turning it into something positive and, and using games as an outlet to show the world what they're about right I, I agree with that. I, and, and I think Ramiz Raza, the PCB chairman, also stated that it's just that also adds a bit of pressure, right? So now you have a team that has several inexperienced players. Yeah. They have just dealt with this ridiculous situation, which is completely unfair. And now they also have uncertainty about what future games are coming. They know a World Cup is coming. They know the whole nation wants them to really win and prove a point. Right. So I you know, I wonder how that's gonna affect them. I know our, our players in the past have not done very well under pressure. And uh, it's a it's a concern. I just I really don't care if they win or not. I think the best thing they can do is, like you're saying, do the best they can and give a good fight wherever they play, whoever they play. And I think that's what matters. And in the short term, when you're thinking about Pakistan cricket, somebody came up with this idea that Pakistan should right away organize local tournaments like put teams together, get our, you know, like one of those Pakistan cup or one of those um, PSL tournaments, like a mini version of a PSL. They should put it, put that together and, and launch it so that all the guys get some competitive cricket going on and people in Pakistan still get to watch some cricket. And I thought that was a very good idea. That
1: is a great idea.
0: That's transition our conversation to Ramiz Vraja then uh, we wanted to talk about him a little bit and how do you think he's doing as a chairman
1: uh too early to to say but but his press conference after he was uh, voted in was very impressive
0: voted in and, right in quotes yeah
1: <laughs> there's a there's a process man you still you still got to go through the process for the paper and that's exactly what happened that day he thanked all the members and committee to, so for selecting him, but it was very Imran Khan-like, and, and uh, he, he talked about issues that we always brought up and we were concerned about. He talked about the women's cricket, right? He talked about the supporting staff in PCB and how important they were. He issued raises for many of the staff members. That was long due. He talked about first-class cricket. He talked about club-level cricket and how to improve that. And he wasn't looking for, for an overnight solution. That's, that's very comforting to know. He knows it's going to take time. And he also quickly dismissed that, that he's there for his uh, performance or to prove any heads that, that he's capable. He, he genuinely just wanted to make change in Pakistan cricket. So, so far on the book, on the surface, everything looks good. Uh, time will tell. Uh, everything's not going to be checked off, obviously. It takes, takes, takes a while and knowing PCB, we don't even know if Ramiz is going to stay another year or two. He could always be replaced. So all the work that he's putting in could be, you know, could be wiped off. And, and, and Pakistan has tendency to move backwards instead of taking what's been done and working with what the other, you know, the previous chairman, the work they've put in and continue on those efforts they want to do what they did 10 years ago because they thought that was the right approach. And so I really hope he st- sticks around for at least four or five years to make the change that he promised on in his press conference, at least.
0: Yeah, I think his contract is three years, and I think every three years there's supposed to be a vote again. He could earn a second, I guess. We could have a second run if the voting goes the way it's supposed to go. I mean, the the voting is kind of a, a funny thing because I think a lot of people were really wondering like how did he get voted in? If is it a real vote? If he already met with the prime minister, and the prime minister already said that he's going to be the one. <laughs> so you know, there, there's a bit of like you, you speak of the process, but we also have a reputation of constantly ducking and dodging certain steps in the process. <laughs> and it sounds like this was uh, one of those situations. I do like it, though. I mean, I I do think he's a good fit. I like Rumi's Raja. He's grown on me. I, I didn't always like him. as a On the field, I didn't like him as much, but I didn't watch him enough. Only in the early 90s, I got to see him a little bit. I didn't see him before that. But obviously, he's very accomplished as a cricketer. And I think it's important for the chairman of the cricket board to be a cricketer. Typically, the reason why I think we haven't had a lot of cricketers to be taking that seat is because our cricketers are never a full package. You know, you have somebody who is a really good striker of the ball and they become a superstar like Shahid Afridi or they bowl really well or they're a good all-rounder like uh, Razak and they become a superstar like that. But then they can't speak in front of people or something or they they're missing some leadership qualities that make people angry like Yunus Khan apparently had a whole team that didn't want him to be the captain even though Yunus Khan was a a superstar a great batsman and really 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 strong a captain too he did well as a captain so we always I feel like end up with people who check off two items on the list, but they are missing three important items or they check off four items and they're missing the one big item that they should have, like a big quality that they should have. Ramiz, on the other hand, is one that I feel, you know, he, he's been a commentator, so he can he has no problem speaking and articulating himself clearly and adequately and professionally and very intelligently at that. He has great cricket knowledge. He's one of the students of the game when he speaks. I often learn a lot about um, cricket from him when he's speaking. So he has great depth of knowledge. He is a great public speaker. He appears to be very professional. (laughs) He doesn't have any scandals that we know of yet, right? We don't know if he's like Abdul Razak got caught making rude remarks about uh, a woman cricketer. Uh, on, a, on a TV show that was a cause of embarrassment. He's He hasn't, Ramiz hasn't done things like that. And he has been on camera longer than any of the other guys. But having done all of that, he also does have administrative experience he knows how to run an organization which is the main thing and the main reason why before him not many cricketers got this position because even if they had cricketing knowledge and whatnot they came from the system they didn't know how to run uh, an organization and that's a whole different skill set and i think ramiz has that he has a clear understanding of how to have a vision, how to articulate it, and then how to break it down into small chunks and benchmarks that you slowly achieve in service of a bigger goal down the line. And I got all of those things out of out of his first press conference, and that's why I feel pretty excited about him.
1: Yeah. So so we've had we've had businessmen right uh, through connections to run PCB and become chairman, but they didn't have the experience, right? Exactly. They didn't work through all the schools of thought and there were different regimes really, uh, depending on who the captain was, yep. uh, what the government was. And Ramiz Raja has been through all of that. And, and he worked under the greatest himself, right? Imran Khan. And he highly speaks of him. And uh, it, that's what I saw a reflection of Imran Khan when he was talking. It was a total all-round package with all the boxes checked and that yep. was really nice to hear and uh he he comes on the camera he, he responded to the New new zealand controversy usually it would be oh we've took notice and and that's it <laughs> and nothing right. nothing happens after that that was such a politician statement that a connection of a political figure who was appointed as a chairman would say yeah, and no. You would not hear about any results. No other
0: chairman would have had the guts to come on camera right after within exactly. twenty-four hours and and speak yeah. to the to the people in the country. Exactly. So yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I'm 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 very impressed with him. But but what a first day on the job, huh? <laughs> or the second day on the job? <laughs> you walk in and your first assignment. <laughs> is a series that fell through what hold
1: on on, on. you're talking about Ramiz or us Ramiz (laughs) yeah us too (laughs) we we had a hefty heavy you know agenda here man and (laughs) we we were gonna be make you know we're gonna make it light and uh, entertaining oh my goodness this is controversial man how we started
0: yeah, this is crazy. This is, uh, yeah, but it's, it's it's great because this is an important event and I think it needs people's attention. I think I'm glad that we got a chance to Absolutely. kick off our first episode this way to talk about it.
1: Couldn't have been ignored, man. This is a podcast for cricket focused on Pakistan and it's just appropriate. It's That's the current event and it's a controversial decision by New Zealand that had to be addressed.
0: Yeah, you know, at the beginning in the intro you said – Something about an elephant in the room, yeah, right. And and I'm not sure if we really got to the elephant part because we breached a little bit of the surface of you know what would have happened if an incident like this occurred in New Zealand or somewhere else. But there seems to be a history of this that teams that are dark skinned, darker tones, they seem to not get the same respect as teams that are lighter
1: skinned. I, I know I know where you're trying to get. So let's discuss what are your thoughts about other cricketing nations responding to this event? Did anybody respond? I, I, what do you, did you see anything? So, so, so the big three, right, which is, I don't want to call them big three, but that's what they are, right? Australia, yeah. and England, and India. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I couldn't find anything or any, any ex-cricketer, saying anything towards what happened, right? If there's a big event and you're involved in cricket, doesn't matter if you're a cricketer, a commentator, staff supporter, whatever it may be, don't you have questions about what happened? I mean, I get it. You may not want to take sides of any teams, but aren't you concerned? Don't you want to, like, otherwise you're on social network 24-7 right. talking about random stuff. Right. Criticizing random people. Is there anybody other than I, I, I saw John T. Rhodes, he backed up Pakistan. He said it's the safest country he's been into. Herschel Gibbs did make a remark against New Zealand. Chris Gale, the universe boss, my man, he <laughs> is actually going to Pakistan tomorrow <laughs> just to prove how safe it is. He's the uh, so all these uh, countries that usually support Pakistan did speak up. So going back to your, you know, reasoning, what is going on, we, we can't dismiss all of the countries, right, that, that are white majority or whatever. But I just want a simple question. Uh, just, just ask for an explanation what happened, right? Show some concern. And I didn't see any of that in favor of Pakistan or, or in favor of this event itself which is concerning to me
0: yeah I feel individuals spoke but even ICC should should say something right right? it's uh, uh, individuals sharing their support is one thing which is nice and a lot of individuals have relationships with other individual players and obviously they want to show their support and and that's very nice of them
1: yeah I'm not even asking for support I'm just asking for concern it's 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 a it's not just related to Pakistan, New Zealand. It, this happened. Uh, it's a cricket event, man, and a big one, and especially the high profile of this series. Cricket is coming back to Pakistan after, what, 12 years? And you're not concerned about what happened? It's, it's just mind-boggling to me.
0: Well, I think there's a, there's a pattern of just mistreating certain teams, and I think that that needs to be pointed out. And I think that's a hard conversation to have. And, you know, people in cricket, people who are, who watch and enjoy cricket, obviously there's a fraternity there and we, there's no denying it, but we also have to reflect and figure out what's going on. Are there any implicit biases that are at play here where certain countries don't get the benefit of their doubt while other countries do? And certain things are expected of. Countries like Pakistan and, and Bangladesh and, and uh, West Indies that not everyone else would, would have to do. Like, um, you know, as we've said before, uh, Pakistan went to Sri Lanka when Sri Lanka had the Tamil Tigers. There was a whole lot of stuff going on, I believe, in the one of the World Cups. Was it 96 or 99? I'm not sure. But there was some turmoil. And,
1: yeah.
0: you know, Pakistan went there as, oh. a, as a gesture.
1: Australia pulled out; they didn't play their match. Right, but Pakistan, Pakistan,
0: Pakistan did. Yeah. So Pakistan did, and you know, similarly, like Zimbabwe has had situations, and you know, the the smaller teams, the darker teams, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I I feel like Herbos it has to be stated. They they seem to not get the same treatment, and and that's to me the biggest failing of ICC. Yeah. There is no uh, equity amongst the teams in this organization? In
1: fact, it, it's money, man. If Pakistan becomes, there's an economic boom, apparently that's coming to Pakistan. When that happens, if it does happen, things are going to change. Money talks. And that's what happened to in India. We They were mistreated 20 years ago. And that's not the case anymore. And and in fact, anything tied to IPL and any players or, or ex-cricketers tied to IPLs don't speak in favor of Pakistan. And I don't think they don't want to they just know they're going to lose their contracts. And it's controversial, but, but, but it's true. Anybody who gets involved with IPL usually does not speak in favor of certain things. And well, that's, that's what I've seen historically in past 10 years when the IPL started. What do
0: you think about this situation with IPL? I, I feel like you know every time, well, not every time, but at least uh, twice now, Pakistan has had to face teams that were second-strength teams because the main players were getting ready for the IPL IPL or going to the IPL and team New Zealand that was coming down that that did come down was missing two or three key players like bolt wasn't there because they were again signed up for IPL like should that be allowed
1: no man i thought uh, icc events were priority <laughs> they're clearly <And> not <laughs> Everything else was secondary and uh, there there should be a law written about it I mean if, if you either support your country or or you're not part of the uh, immediate squad uh, you can you can always quit from international cricket and make money on the side but but the the fact that ICC supports that and there's no you know consequences of that is, is very concerning. I know there were some clauses initially when IPL started because as we discussed, no, not everybody backed up IPL. It was a third world country at the time starting a big tournament that was very successful. Once it became successful, there were new laws that were fabricated around it, and, uh, which, is, which is not cool. We should have our country and ICC events should be first priority. Otherwise, there's no need for ICC to be regulating cricket to begin with.
0: Yeah, that's my main concern too. I feel like the quality of cricket goes down if you are always sending your best to IPL. Obviously, that tournament gets great then. It becomes good and fun to watch. But all these other series that people do want to watch because they're happening in the countries where people want to go and see the games, their superstars are not there. And uh, to me, that's that's not good. That's not good enough. I mean, we got to do a better job in, of, of regulating a little bit of that, or at least uh, figure out the schedule so that series don't overlap each other. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that um, there's cricket going on while a big giant event like the IPL is going on. Like if IPL has gotten so big that we can't really mess with it and that we need to leave it alone and let it happen, then we should clear the space on the calendars so that IPL can happen. And all the superstars want to go and do, you know, make a lot of money there and and entertain people at the same time. They can go and do that while local cricket is going on in most other
1: countries or some other side tournament is going on. Even if it overlaps with a series, that's not and 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 the IPL, right? There's there's not all the countries are playing at the same time. It's not World Cup or Champions Trophy, right? Uh, like New Zealand, uh, Pakistan players uh, show up. For this series, and IPL is pretty long, two, two and a half months, and appear when, when you're done. And uh, when you were contracted, there should be uh, some type of uh, you know, scheduling that should be forwarded to IPL. Okay, we'll, we'll sign the contract, but uh, we're not available for this many days because of this series. It's not going to happen every year. You're just yeah. going to miss out. And they have enough players, man. They, have, they select 20 players for each local team who can cover. And we're not talking a big ICC events going on where all the players will be missing and it's overlapping with IPL schedule. It's just a couple of players. It's, it's okay. And some are going to come in and some are going to leave because there's another series with other country, you know? So that's, it's a simple fix, really.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently the New Zealand players that are in India now playing or getting ready to play their games in the IPL, there seem to be considered very safe even though it's not that far away <laughs> so uh well hopefully they everything goes well over there too but it's just uh feels crappy that
1: no great threat
0: yeah, yeah. i'm just hopeful that there's some cricket that ha- that happens in pakistan in the next coming weeks so that we can still get to see some of our stars perform
1: yeah we're, we're just gonna have to stand behind pakistan cricket. This is the time that we have to not criticize what's going on, but support, regardless of how much you disagree with it.
0: And that's right, folks. On that note, then, we're going to end our episode for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Please feel free to share your comments, thoughts, questions with us. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Crickle Actuals. Have a good one.